going on down there. Welcome to a very special recording that I have titled <clears throat> The Energon Invitational Recollections of One Host Vangelis with the assistance of the gentleman Aaron Smith in parentheses, non-attending. Welcome, everyone, to the Energon Invitational Recollections of One Host Vangelis with the assistance of the gentleman Aaron Smith, non-attending. Uh, Aaron, hey, welcome. Hey. hey, how you doing? Pretty good. You got top billing. Yeah, I did. It uh, rolled it's nice. off the it feels tongue. Feels good. Yeah, I, I thought it rolled off the tongue really well. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, this is our little recording to talk about the Energon Invitational that took place at PAX Unplugged, which I attended. And uh, did you know? Now that I, now I'm seeing your side of it, did you know how easy it is to immediately forget key details of card games you play at a tournament? Oh yeah. Frust not actually no frustrating isn't the word. Uh, chillingly is the word. Because mm-hmm. it was freaking me out how quickly I even forgot one of the main lineup of one of my first two opponents uh, within the same day. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's part of like why when I was at both um, both of the like big events I did, why I like tried to tweet or text somebody each time because I knew that like in four hours i'm not gonna remember this i really wish i'd taken photos of the match slips because uh i'll say right now i okay i have trouble remembering names Mm -hmm. uh usually i'm I'm garbage at remembering names but usually it's mitigated when we all start using internet names because they sound funny and like cartoon characters right in this case, everyone I met and every single match slip just had normal human names. And Aaron, I know that as an Aaron Smith, this is going to sound real foreign to you. Did you know there are tons of people with just names that start with the letter A? Yeah. Did you know that, that I had a whole bunch? I don't, I don't even remember the order. All I know is when I think of the names of people I played against, who I didn't like, it's just this wall of Alex, Aaron, Anderson, Andrew. Uh, I, Iverson, this is just a wall of, of, of names that start to drift into I, because it <laughs> sounds a bit like A. So I, I'll, I'll throw it out there. If, if anyone I played against is listening, you, like, you were all f- wonderful people to share that experience with. I, I actually really feel fortunate, like, that I had nothing but positive experiences, even when losing. And so I feel horrible that I barely remember any of your names. Uh, and I'm sure that that goes both ways, but I just want to get it out there right now. There's no kind of invisible shade being thrown. I straight up have forgotten a lot of names, and in fact, parts of decks uh, that were not part of anecdotes. So uh, my apologies to all of y'all, and I gotta I gotta take some photos next time. Uh, I think it was in the wreck and roll postscript that went up. I think Joe had taken photos of match slips or something. Like he knew names. Yeah. Uh, and I, you got it. Unless there are, unless he there just are also has, like, people memory. that are just like good about that. Yeah, I was gonna say people that just have memory. Yeah, like it's not damaged by years of toys and stuff. I'm gonna say the card games I think have done more damage given the number of people who. It's like it's one thing to say that a 14-hour tournament day is just part of you know it's kind of a regular thing in this field. It's another to kind of like also get real eager about it and defend it and and kind of go like it's great that your kid was able to survive a 14-hour day and maybe he's got it in him to do this cards thing and it's this very fine line where I'm like I think some folks have been damaged by this genre. Yeah, uh, I, I say this with the perspective of someone very fresh to it, which I think in this case is a valuable thing. 
is what I'll say. Uh, I, got, I'll, I'll talk about that while we talk about the tournament, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll say up front, I had a generally positive experience, and I'm really happy I went. Uh, and I also had some expectations going in, uh, so I, and, and I, I, in fact, was planning to use them as a weapon, and kind of did, I think. So, uh, yeah, uh, PAX Unplugged, my first time there as well, came in on Thursday, uh, went around the area, uh, that convention center and the, the attached Marriott are very lovely, uh, and the 10-minute radi- walking radius around that area uh, was actually really fun. I've never been to Philly before, and... Okay. Uh, I, I liked that downtown area. It, it was kind of like, it was like a nicer Vancouver is how it felt. A bit more of a homely lived in Vancouver uh, downtown. Um, and uh, I, you know, I did my usual tourist things. I went to a Target and I went to a Walgreens. Uh, I found two. Refl- did you get, refl- uh, yeah, I was going to say, did you get toys? That Target sucked. Uh, it was like a micro Target. And so their toy section was Mirage from Siege and Mirage from Siege. Um, The Walgreens had double refractors, and if I had not just gotten two of them on sale at Canadian Toys R Us, I would have jumped on those uh, and then waved them at uh, the Watsy folks and said, when is my boy coming into this game? But I didn't want to buy them. I did see something. It was this uh, Vaults pencil case. It was like a purple lockable pencil case, uh, like this kind of metal box. And I had this thought cross my mind, wouldn't it be a great, like, just try-hard flex on all my opponents to carry my deck around in a locked metal box? Hmm. Um, then it was 20 US dollars, and I put it back on the shelf. That's too much for a cheap lockable. It was a cheaply made, crappy, lockable metal box. And when I shared it on Twitter, people said, oh, I used one of those when I was 10 in school. And I was like, okay, <laughs> should never have been 20 bucks. Got it. Uh, but on Thursday... Um, I did uh, answer a call in the Facebook group that I saw, which was uh, someone wanted to hang out and, and just jam some card game stuff. It was uh, Blaine, uh, currently pretty well known because you know his his daring escape deck has gotten a lot of coverage since PAX. Yeah, uh, and uh, when I met up with him, it was while he was just sitting in this tiki bar messing with the thing, and he explained that he had like a four day train ride and spent the entire train ride playing solitaire TCG and further tweaking this engine. That, that's uh, the grind. That actually, he he explained that like the, if you play the game, because I never even bothered trying playing full on double solitaire, and he said it actually works out pretty well, uh, even with like hands open and kind of knowing some stuff from the two hands. If you just play it like you're trying to win with both decks, mm-hmm. and I tried that the Friday night, it's true. Like this game actually does play really well solitaire. I think, uh, but uh, it was him, and then uh, the, the 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 father and son from Australia. Uh, also swang by. They were awesome. I'm going to go look up their names while we're talking. Okay. Uh, but getting to witness this escape deck, I remember I was, um, I was, I was asking like, so is, is this like some kind of mutation of the old one? And I looked down and I see Springer and I was like, wait, wait, you're using Springer. He's like, yeah. And I was like, I feel so vindicated because I had conversations where I assumed that any kind of daring escape combo that was abusive was going to use Springer because during our release draft, I flipped into bot mode twice in one turn and I felt this little surge of power. And it's like, that's kind of, that is part of the engine on this thing. So I felt a little vindicated. Right. It turns out Springer was the true daring escape engine. Uh, 
But uh, it was really cool to see in action. I loved his paper counters because I think we had just talked about either here or I said on Twitter, like when they were talking about in the rules update, like the the way that you can have massive amounts of stack triggers. And that to me, it would make sense if you're going to play a deck that has that, you're going to know that going in. So you you should make paper counters for your triggers to build a stack because nothing is worse than a guy who's trying to narrate a complicated trigger stack at you and you can barely follow it and thus have no idea if the player who's doing it is following it uh and it just can get frustrating this i thought made what could be and probably was for some players still a frustrating experience it made it so transparent and it made it move fast while you could tell it was going on it it didn't feel oppressive in a motor mouth way Okay. You know, like it, the the engine was certainly an oppressive monster to see in action, but it didn't feel like Blaine, the player, was also kind of like hammering it on your face and playing any kind of sight game. Like he was, he was you you were there with him for the ride. And uh, a, a thing about that deck, also seeing it in practice, is like you have to know what you need. You can't just pick up that deck list and go like, guess I'm gonna go win a tournament now. Because uh, there were many times that Blaine would have to kind of dig for certain cards. And, uh, of course, you just practice it enough, you'll know what that list of cards is. But I, I appreciated this, there was also a quality of piloting required. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously that deck is now, if you're, if you're into this game, you've heard about the deck. You know, he went undefeated and constructed at the EI. Uh, the, there's a wreck and roll video showing the deck, an article on there, and an article on the official uh, articles area in their Facebook, on the, the Transformers Facebook page for the card game. Right. Uh, I kind of like that this deck was presented by all parties involved to the community as like, someone solved this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blaine himself said, it's not good that this deck is winning on turn three consistently. And if that can't be solved, something should probably be done. Even though he did say in the Wreck and Roll video, he played Drew Nolosko with the deck. And Drew, at the time at least, said because he was able to disrupt it at some point, he felt like it was okay. Yeah, uh, it it also has a colossal win rate that I think in the long term there there's got to be something to look at, and I have no idea what it would be. Uh, it's just is kind of creepy that that deck is so powerful. Um, yeah, I wonder if that's just something that you know. I I think it's it's uh, I don't know who I was chatting with about it. It's like I wonder if when wizards look at at that they say, hey. There is sideboard tech that will take care of this. So now, they're, they're, they're now s- if people don't want to use that sideboard tech because it means having to invest more in your sideboard to do that, like I, 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 I wonder where that's the part where they still got to figure out where that breakpoint is. I'm also going to echo what I, I believe Blaine himself said, at least at some point that I heard, is that all that sideboard tech is not as consistent as the deck it's teching against. Right. Uh, like, like, and that's that to me is the main divide. Is that the deck is very consistent, and that's fine as long as there is a consistent. Uh, antibody that can in, that it can encounter, mm-hmm. but the closest thing that I heard is uh, it's a mixture of two things. The the pilot of the combo deck has to have terrible draws, really terrible draws consistently, and you've got to be able to get to Springer somehow. And there's no consistent way to get 17 damage on a guy in this game on a three wide, short of hitting the Metroplex uh, ultimate. Every single time. 
uh like they're the um yeah i, I was gonna look up their names but the the uh, the folks who visit from australia the dad was running uh, a metroplex deck and was able to take one game uh because he was able to keep springer tapped down right uh, along with the whole team um tapping springer doesn't stop it it just means you can hurt him because springer's engine is flipping yeah it's just on the flip yeah, and that, that's the thing is it's a seventeen health guy who needs to flip a lot, and you can't stop that. Uh, so, he, so here's right a question: now. Yeah, what if they changed sideboard such that it wasn't one character card, but a certain value of cards? I, I, like, like if I they said you could have fifteen, cool. Like if you I, could have fifteen stars worth of or whatever. I feel because, like we talked because about like, that. Because, like, private turbo board, you can only play two cards. Like, I guess that means that, like, if you could flip Springer on somebody else's turn, then you could maybe get another play out of it, but... The thing is, like, as I understand it, turbo board is a disruption, but um, turbo board isn't fast enough. Uh... Because he, there's a like that deck has like, for folks who are listening, please read those articles because it is an amazing yeah. deck. It has a lot of outs. Because uh, of all the conversations that you know, like I was part of, you know, and I was only part of a few like early on, but I know from a lot of other ones going on, it's like a lot of things were suggested. And uh, Blaine, as far as I recall, has faced a lot of those things and was fairly unfazed by most of them for for la- larger reasons than just maintaining a good player face. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, with Turbo Board, for instance, eventually he gets to swing a Turbo Board, and Springer... The Springer that's why Springer is, is so scary, is he's also big and can wipe uh, a small dude uh, on the other team uh, yeah. with, with enough support. And it, not to mention the deck is running Peace Through Tyrannies, so there is an open option to take a second turn in a row for the pilot. Right. Uh, there's open. There's a lot of upgrade removal, so there's an open option for the pilot to disrupt you know, an overwhelming advantage plan. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful deck. I love it. And, and I, I should clarify, I don't... I personally don't think the thing is ruining anything. Like, I don't think it's bad that that deck is there. I think there's a very healthy conversation that is being pushed by Blaine and by powers that be and, and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a fascinating deck to observe because it's it's just very well played. Uh, it also was the thing that finally showed me, like, I see why people are also poo-pooing equipment enthusiasts. Because uh, that's letting him dig at times for, like, six cards. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, in a 40 card deck like yeah, if you just need a certain combination of cards like that that card is is a big part of it. Although it is also not the like if there was no equipment enthusiast, I think that deck would still work cuz of the just the power of Springer and um showing off and conversion engine. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of, uh, anyway, I don't want to I don't want to get totally silent on that, but it is it was a fascinating thing to observe and I was really happy I got to see it in person and I love Blaine's paper counters. Like he, he didn't use them for every game, but he even had ones for action upgrade flip of the ones you get for every turn. Uh, and I love seeing stuff like that getting tracked. Um, anyway, that, that was my Thursday. Uh, also met a couple of Blaine's uh, buddies uh, who are from the same area. Uh, one of them, I saw him 
leave a comment on a Facebook thread saying maybe I won't drive Blaine to the Vegas tournament. And so I was able to piece together from his by Facebook stalking that link that that's one of the two guys. So shouts out there. Uh, I don't really want, I don't know if I should name drop. Uh, given that I had to go Facebook digging to confirm that it was a dude I know. Uh, but the other two dudes from, uh, from, uh, I believe it's Phoenix, um, they, I hung out with them as well. They were real fun to talk to. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, go to Friday. Uh, I, I did not do any major, um, like, like pay for playing on Friday because I discovered that the last chance qualifiers were both $30 and single elimination. Uh, Oof. so I was kind of like, if I don't need to, like, I told a lot of people who were having, like, who also were kind of, like, going to this event with the thought of I'll train in the last chance. It's like, if it was 20 bucks, maybe, but also single elimination, I feel weird about that. Because that mean, it means I'm not just a name in a pool. It means whoever I play against that's not qualified, I'm personally disqualifying them. Right. Uh, and that felt weird uh, for me. So I just I just decided to play some casual when I can. Uh, shouts out to uh, I'm gonna go drag up some more names here. Uh, uh, Wraithnor on Twitter uh, and uh, also uh, Zero Liddell on Twitter who who play tested with me a whole bunch and it was it wasn't like hard play test it was just like let's get some games in because that whole Friday was me still trying to figure out if I wanted to run Major Shockwave or Octone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was playing uh, against uh, first against Zero Liddell, um, and and uh, on Twitter that's the name Zero Liddell. Uh, I was playing. We were playing literally like my my Octone deck versus my Shockwave deck, <laughs> and then I went up to to my room at like nine thirty at night and uh, ordered in a Philly cheesesteak and then played Solitaire my Octone versus my Shockwave a whole bunch as well. And then uh, with the deck cutoff being 11.59 p.m., at 11.57, I submitted an Octone deck in place of a Shockwave deck. Okay. Uh, And it was for a couple of reasons. Uh, And the big one was while playing on the Friday, I'm very comfortable running Major Shockwave, but even when it was just getting late in the day, I was like, oh, no, I can already feel that I'm having to think a lot. And uh, I know that it's going to be a long day tomorrow, and I should probably run the Octone deck for a number. Like, one big reason is it's Octone with Caliburst and Sights. It's Octone with two Battlemasters. I only have to flip one guy. Uh, yeah. So all my decisions are, are I don't, I have a whole layer of decision making I don't have to engage with as hard. Yeah. Um, and, and a big part of my battle plan, like I was, I was kind of just rambling about this all, all throughout conversations on Thursday and Friday, which is that as a newbie to a lot of this still, I'm very intrigued by the psychological game of card games. Uh, like the, the part where mechanics and skill are one thing, but there's also the psychological side. How does one skill get softened by a long day or by bad luck or etc.? Yeah. So I, I was quite sure that having a sealed event in the middle of a constructed event was going to screw with everybody's brain. And I wanted to know that I would still be running at more or less 90 to 100 percent after that. And yeah, I you kind of had like... the psychological fallback of at least it's not. You know, you're not having to shift so hard. Yeah, I don't have to go into a whole like combo deck or something. And and obviously there are there are players who can do that that are better than me. There's a lot. There are 36 players who are better than me. So 
they uh, like they're, they're, there's going to be folks who can't do that. I just want to ha- have the best chance I would have to do well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I also figured that going into that event, knowing the sealed was going to hurt, and deciding to just use that as as a weapon, basically, and aim to be as sharp as possible after sealed uh, would would be part of my game plan. Um, so then we go to Saturday, uh, and yeah, it was. It was an event like that has a lot of necessary context. Uh, Pastimes was at like half strength for judges. A lot of judges didn't show up uh, for That's for various rough. reasons, and uh, yeah, and it, and it it hurt the event uh, a lot. Um, the 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 pace of the event was slow. Uh, it was nine rounds plus a deck reg, which one could round to be about ten hours, and it took twelve to fourteen. Um, a lot of rounds that were 50 minute rounds, it would be 75 minutes till the next one. And, and, just, it, and it would, you know, lots of things carrying over over the course of the day. Uh, and I think that the lowered manpower was a part of that. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I'll, I'll lay it out right now. I don't have like a hard, like, I'm going to stick up on this stance on the sealed aspect of this. Other than I, I went in believing sealed would mess with everyone's heads. I believe it messed with everyone's heads to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, objectively, I only have one major thing that I think should change if this is to be done like this again. Sealed deck registration should happen before we play any games whatsoever. Uh, because uh, for the sake of laying out the rhythm, we had a player meeting, a constructed game, a constructed game. Now, sit down and spend an hour opening, registering cards, and then making a deck, registering the deck, during which... It is highly encouraged, not hard enforced, but like it was very like, hey, stop. No talking, no phones. Yeah. Uh, no, no chatter, no anything other than staring into these forms, these sheets. And I think that that had a negative impact on the day overall. Uh, and I don't think it would have, I think it would have been better for everyone involved if we had the player meeting and went right into sealed registration and, and et cetera, and then ran the constructed games with the sealed decks, chilling in boxes with numbers on them. Um, even then I mentioned like we could pass the boxes. I, I was talking to someone. I said, we could pass the boxes back and they'll pass them back out. The guy I was talking to was like, yeah, but if you were going to tamper with your sealed box, you had three rounds of sealed where you could also feasibly be tampering with it. And I was like, you're right. Like it wouldn't make a difference if we had the sealed cards on what us the if whole time. You just registered a set of cards and it got handed in, and then when you came back around, you just drew a number, and that's the box you got. Uh, I've heard they do they they do it like that with uh, with magic. Uh, I think that that would end up having a net equal or slightly more negative feel because you're going to be registering a card pool that you're going to get attached to. Uh, and especially if it's right, a really good it, one. But if it's saying that you like just do off the bat, it doesn't really matter because. Well, it's the cards you know you're getting, right? Like, I think I think it's psychologically, and obviously it's a competition, so maybe this is not important, but just thinking as far as it's pure enjoyment uh, levels. You open six packs that are cards you will use. You register those cards. Uh, you make a deck with them. Register that deck. Put it all into a box, uh, and then don't use it until the sealed rounds. Uh, whether or not those boxes are then put with staff or they are left to us, because like I, I did end up having to agree with the guy. Like we do have three sealed rounds, two of which we could have meddled with these cards at any point. So security of the cards is already compromised to that degree outside of the mm-hmm. registration lists. Uh, I just think doing all the paperwork before we play a game would be better for everyone, because okay. uh, it would still be a long day, but 
it's it's more about especially like two best of three games is what I think like a lot of folks like myself would we'd feel really warmed up and brain limber by the end of that. And so it was just this then it was just this this rock that you hit. Um and especially in my case like I was sorting the cards then and it was a double-sided sheet siege one on one side siege two on the other side. Fill I, I organized everything alphabetically then went through an order and filled out the sheet. Uh, there were other folks who didn't hear the part about sorting the cards first, so I saw people like flipping the sheet back and forth, just hunt and pecking card names, uh, and and it was driving me insane because also it took me half as long to get my sheet done than folks who were hunt and pecking, and none of us could get going on deck reg till everyone had registered pools, and no one could take a phone out or talk either, and I was like, oh, I'm going, I am, I I knew this going in, so I am not going nuts, but I had to like catch myself for a sec. Yeah, that's the thing. So I remember, uh, not even in Transformers CCG, but when I did the um, Unrivaled or whatever it was, when I went out to to Vegas to do that, mm-hmm. it was something that amazed me how like poorly some of that was set up because they had like they waited for not just like every every game of your game to finish up, but like we were playing I was playing King of Tokyo, we were having to wait for all of the Munchkin games to Oof. wrap up. And yeah. and that was a thing that killed like we could have burnt through an additional like game or three in the time that we were waiting for some of those other games to run through. And that was that was something on my side that I know, you know, in a case like that was definitely a, a psychological uh energy killer. Just because, okay, I'm in, like, game mode. All right, now I got to wait for 45 minutes or so for this, like, for those games to wrap up. And Mm -hmm. then for them to do all of the, like, ELO Swiss matching to come up with the next set. Like, do I have time enough to go back up to my hotel room? Oh, I don't know. Uh, You know, do I have time to go, like... To the restaurant next door and grab a sandwich. I don't know. So. Yeah, and, and what what I'll just quickly address because it might be brewing in a in a response already. Um, very specifically, like like when it comes to variable time between matches, that's still within this kind of like at least in this tournament, it was within this kind of you know this fifty to seventy five minute window where you've probably played for at least twenty five to thirty five minutes. So you kind of you're in a certain rhythm when instead of playing, you've been filling out paperwork in silence. Yeah. Uh, that means you didn't have the that that rhythm anymore. And and uh, I was thinking about it as a fencing athlete as well from back in my tournament days. Uh, and 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 I was like, yeah, like at a fencing tournament, even the worst thing to do to competitors, which they will complain about, is if they are left with uh, with nothing uh, that is part of the the rhythm of the competition um for like you know over an hour and mm-hmm. so is there and i'm not like I, I, hopefully i made it clearly i'm not like angry i don't think this like fit this actually ruined the event but it is the biggest suggestion i would have if we're going to have a multi-format energon invitational again next year is let's just get all that registration paperwork stuff done up front uh even if it has to all happen on saturday up up until the top eights like it did this year at least let's get all that stuff, all that sit there and write down things stuff out of the way. Uh, it introduces other factors like knowing your sealed pool during your first two constructed games. Sure, it does. But objectively, in my opinion, uh, the damage that 
was unrelated to anyone's individual experience was the deck reg period uh, being stuck in the middle. So personally, I, I would say at least bump that to the front would be my suggestion. Uh, and, and, and yeah, other than that, like there is a large conversation about the nature of sealed being in the competition. And I have seen a lot of really good points uh, that, that I do agree with. I think it is a little bit weird to jump to sealed's defense when speaking to someone who really enjoys sealed. I, I don't know how you don't, see that there is like especially in in this game with the very small card pools we get there's a lot of there is a lot more luck involved in transformer sealed than in magic sealed yeah i and the other thing that i think i think sealed wave one at least played a whole lot better because i really like two booster turbo sealed um you know, I don't think that that would be like a a format that I'd want to have anything serious hanging on, but that seemed to balance. I wonder if the the introduction 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 that's a word <laughs> of uh, yeah, sure it is of um like the fact that you have so many split cards or combiner pieces that could show up that like their value as a card is more reliant on other cards that you would have associated with it i mean stepping versus, out of myself versus what you'd be able to get just out of you know eight packs that you opened up st- stepping out of myself i have seen arguments made in counter like in like the easy thing to say is like you know things like lord megatron like split character cards um fire con flame stuff like that messing with your pool mm-hmm. uh I have seen responses saying that one could easily come up with parallel permutations of certain card interactions or certain character cards in Wave 1, and, and I, I I would agree with that if someone's going to say, do you agree that this is, you know, these parallels exist? I, I just think that numerically, this is the, the argument that I came to really agree with. I think there is skill in Sealed. There is obviously skill in Sealed, and I really mm-hmm. like I really like the game of Sealed, and I like the game of Draft, even though I'm not as good at it. Uh, as a deck building exercise, as an, an adaptation exercise, I think it's really cool. Yeah, it, it's the, the 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 numbers. Unfortunately, like we get six packs, that is thirty six cards. That is, we strip eleven cards out. And I I was just the other day talking to dudes uh, at Three Kingdoms about this. In a Magic Sealed, you get six packs, which each contain fourteen usable cards. And 14 times 6 is 84, and you're making not even just a 40-card deck from that. You're technically making roughly a 23-card deck out of that 84. Yeah. So you're getting just under four times the number of cards in your pool that you would probably use in the final deck, whereas we are getting we, we are trimming 11 cards off of 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I believe that that is the root of what makes Transformer Sealed so much more flippity floppity as far as the experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and in a fun experience, that is part of the fun. I do agree at a higher comp- competitive level that immediately becomes a source of, um, not just factors out of your control, like having a bad constructed matchup. It It is a, a, so much closer to a dice roll that I think criticisms of it are quite valid. And, uh, I, I'm curious what it would be like if the if the battle card pools were somehow increased if some battle card boosters were produced and not bundled with characters and added to the card pools of sealed at a high level for instance if there were simply more card packs open thus also opening your character pool i think opening the character pool would start to make it a bit more of a 
you know, you're getting a, a ton of stuff to work with. I don't mind mm-hmm. the limited character pool as much as the limited battle card pool. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't really. I, I hate using the phrase "both sides" because it has horrible connotations in 2019. So mm-hmm. I just don't. Fe- I, I feel like there, there is a lot of good discussion to have, and I feel like enjoying Seal does not preclude one from criticizing its implementation at the Energon Invitational. Uh, and I kind of feel like it's really weird to champion Sealed to the point of becoming a defense squad for it. Because yeah. it's like, it's like I don't know, it would be like if someone made the defense squad for two-pack turbo. I like that format a lot. It's a real goofy format. <laughs> like, standing up for its validity to a certain point is like, is like I don't know. <laughs> it's It's like standing up for like a dumb meme picture or something. Like... <laughs> A better energy used elsewhere, I think. So, uh, before I talk about my seed pool, I should say, I ran Octone with Caliburst and Sights. Uh, it was not the heavy blue deck that uh, that I've seen go around. It was not the heavy orange-black deck that goes around. It was more of a blue-black, with the goal being put lots of weapons on Octone because he gets scary. Uh, and I'll say my one big piece of good fortune i never played against another mercenary while i was at the tournament okay which meant which meant that's one of octone's biggest weaknesses i find is when you have him up against like another octone for instance i am so glad i didn't have a mirror match because I, I tried one of those out after i got back home and that was a much different experience it was an actual grind but my first two constructed matches one of the first match was against one of the dudes from phoenix who was running Galaxy Prime, Flame War, and Fireflight. Uh, and that first match, I went 0-2, and both games were ridiculously close. So it was what I would That's describe good. as... Yeah, it was the best kind of 0-2. It was the kind of 0-2 where I'm like, that could have just been me not being warmed up. That could have been me being nervous about my first game at this tournament. That could have been me having bad draw luck, or vice versa. Could have been a uh, fellow from Phoenix having good draw luck. Also, good player. Like, and and I'll, I'll say it again: every player I played was a joy, and they were very good players as well. Very good mechanics, good attention to the rules, uh, and it was a joy. Um, so that, that one went 0-2, but it was a good 0-2. Uh, second game was against a, uh, Lord Megatron, Impactor, Demolisher, uh, Orange Tanks. Uh, okay. Orange Tanks are, are definitely a thing now, thanks to that new armor with the plus one, plus two effect. Uh, which whose name I composite armor or composite shield, uh, and that one I went one two again. All three games ridiculously close. I would have won that two one. Uh, if I was the final situation was I had ten cards left to flip. Two of those ten cards were orange pips, and I had to flip one of them, and I would have gotten Megatron, and I did not flip one of them. It was a one in five. I checked my scrap and I counted. I was like, "Yep, this is a one in five, and I I have to do this. There's no other way." Uh, and it, that's how close it was. So again, it felt great. Uh, in that, like, I lost, but I didn't lose in a way that made me feel like garbage. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit shaky though, where I was like, "Oh boy, O two going into sealed O two, okay, <laughs> let's let's get into this." So I get into sealed. Uh, I'll lay out the funny parts first. In my sealed character pool, there was a half of a brunt, uh, and two copies of Sergeant Scrapnel, a character with brave. <laughs> hmm. So running a duplicate of him would mean nothing. <laughs> uh, but my saving grace was I drew three of the off road patrol. Uh, so I had Power Train, Mudslinger, and High Jump. 
And okay. I, I had just been playing a copy of a, an off-road patrol aggro deck that was made in uh, in Hamilton by the Gadfly. I had been running that for fun and really enjoying it. So I was like, hey, this is three quarters of that deck. I just have to fill out, you know, uh, 11, 12 more stars. I had two star cards I could use. If I had a complete brunt, I could have run that. I I could fit an 11-star character in there with a, the, the deck I was putting together. So I had to run Scrapnel. That was my, my only real option. Also in my pool was a perfect 25-star team of Spinister, uh, Aimless, and Barricade. But Aimless was the one Battlemaster I did not want to hinge my game on because he's a tough three Battlemaster in a format where blue does not matter and Lord Megatron is floating around. So I was like, if I'm going to flip lots of cards, it's going to be for Bold Pierce, not for Tough. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I luckily had lots of orange and black. I also had a laser cutlass and an RR disruptor blade. Uh, tons of bold upgrades. So uh, my, my three sealed games, I went 2-1. And uh, it, they were all very close games, uh, And uh, the, the two that I won. And uh, the deck did perform thanks to my experience with, you know, in the sealed format as well, how powerful a 4-5 to five white is. Uh Two of my opponents did also pull out the Omega Supreme base on me in, in our second game, and that did freak me out, because I was like, you know, a bunch of little guys who all attack at once. Uh, it was thanks to Scrapnel, uh, his bot mode healing ability in tandem with Reprocess, that I was able to prolong my defense. Mm-hmm. Um, second game, my opponent sat down, legitimately said, I'm really sorry, I, I apologize for this, and then put Lord Megatron down on the table, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> And specifically because I was running a deck with three little guys who all do bold. So I'm like, I'm going to blow through my deck, and if he gets defense upgrades on Megatron, he can one-shot my little guys. <laughs> and there's a chance Scrapnel won't be alive by the time he does that, so oh boy. Uh, so I, I lost the first game, and then I actually switched to my Decepticon lineup, you know, switching Frag Grenade and some other stuff. And I did take him down to just Megatron, but I could not get the damage in on Megatron. Um, I think I might have been able to pull it off with my trucks if I had thought a little harder, but I definitely got, I got hit with the psych weapon of Lord Megatron, uh, just like making me tunnel vision on him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the first game was against one of the Powered by Primus crew, uh, and I, I am gonna track down some more names. It was not Wes, it was another fella, uh, but, uh, he, he was having a day of it, like, he was saying, like, he was not really having, his first two rounds did not go well, and, uh, talking to him afterwards, I'll repeat it, because it was a really nice thing for someone to say to someone else. He basically said, like, the games we played were the best games he played at the whole tournament before he dropped, and that was really... Uh, nice to hear. Uh, made me feel like a good player. So, you know, thank you for that. Um, did you know Facebook does not list friends in any kind of useful way whatsoever? No, not at all. Uh, I have to dig in here. Alex! It was Alex, um, that I played against. Uh, and I talked to him a bit afterwards. Very cool guy. The Powered by Primus crew were super cool. I, I, I hadn't really interacted with any of those folks online before. The, uh, the, I think Sacramento crew. Um, but they were, they were fun to talk to. Um, and then, yeah, second game, ran into that Lord Megatron. Third game, played against a, a guy who, uh, I, I can't remember his, I think his initial team lineup had two battle masters in it. One of them was the pincer needle, needler dude, the no heel hmm. guy. Um, and then he sided into Omega base. He was having a bit of a, I, I noticed on him that he, he seemed, I, I could tell his morale was, was injured by the sealed stuff. And mine wasn't, and I think that also helped me a bit. Uh, 
and 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 the games afterwards, the constructor rounds afterwards, it wasn't like people were like straight up damaged. But there was a general punchiness around the room, uh, and and I was kind of riding it a little bit and like being aware of it. I think that the punchiness. I think that was a silver lining of the sealed thing as well. Is that the five hour, six hour mark punchiness? The sealed gave everyone a shared outlet because uh, no one was happy with sealed. Really, <laughs> like if you just sat down with any player at the tournament and went like and, and on the day and said, "Hey, man, sealed," they'd go, Ugh, "Sealed." So it was kind of like this point of camaraderie for the whole room. Um, silver linings, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the game right afterwards. Uh, so I, I, I went from being 0-2 to being uh, 2-3. And I was like, hey, I won two games at a big tournament. Granted, in the sealed, but still. Like, that felt really cool. This is my first really big tournament I've ever been to for card games. Uh, I won every constructed match afterwards. <laughs> Uh, so I ended up going a total 6-3. Uh, first match was up against a major shockwave, and I was like, oh god, this is actually going to be the moment where we find out if I feel vindicated for my decision of going with Octone. Uh, and I took it. And this is how punchy I was. There were parts during that game where I didn't say anything, but I was just sitting there going like, why aren't you flipping shockwave? I have... I'm going to win because of some of the cards in my hand, and I'm hoping and praying that for some reason you don't flip Shockwave, and he wasn't flipping Shockwave. And then I realized 10 minutes after the game was done, I was like, oh, right, if he flipped Shockwave, he'd take a ping from Caliburst, and that was starting to add up. So Caliburst on mainboard was actually helping me in the Shockwave matchup a lot. Uh, Because Shockwave is big enough, I was able to use, like, the bigger they are on Octone to sink four Pierce in. Um, Okay. Which helped a lot against Castle Shockwave stuff, where he was flipping a ton of defense. Uh, so I was able to take that game. Uh, the next game was... Uh, I believe the next game was the one where I was playing against an empty chair. Okay. Um, which I learned on Sunday from some folks might be part of why I ended up 37th and not anywhere near 32nd. Because the 6-3 record, as far as I can tell, stretched from somewhere in the 40s up well past 32nd place. So Yeah, so it, that's probably one of those things that gets into that, like that, those secondary numbers of, since you didn't play against him, his comparables don't match into yours or or I think of it as the indicator um, that we would use in fencing tournaments so if I play someone and I win I come out as one victory with two wins one loss for instance since the guy never showed up but didn't drop I had one victory with zero wins right and that is probably what shot me down to 37th and uh, probably one victory with null not yeah, zero like, wins. Well, no, like, what I mean is, like, it's a victory, but for the indicator, it's neither a plus nor a minus. Right. Whereas anyone where you play against someone and you have a victory, you also have at least a plus one or a plus two on your indicator. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in fencing terms, I'm not sure if it's precisely identical with this, but yeah. it, it seems reasonable. Um, so th- that one, that was also a bit of a bummer experience in that it was one row of ta- uh, This was in the same row, right? Mm-hmm. You have, to my left... Two people playing. Me. Alone. To my right, two people playing. Next to them, guy who's alone. Next, two people playing. Next, guy who's alone. Next, two people playing. So three of us with with non-drop, no-show opponents were sandwiched between people having to play for their next victory. Hmm. And I think that that was unfair to the people playing. I wonder if a car um, got lost or something. Like- I, I, I talked to Drew afterwards, and, and, and he was like, yeah, that's kind of uncool. Um, 
Yeah. Like the, you're like if you're going to drop, you really should go and tell the organizers you're dropping so that they can adjust matchups. Uh, in part because it also, like in my opinion, in part because you you are then messing with the score of whoever was going to play against you, and that's kind of right. like that's d- like distantly kind of rude. So I, I was a little bit miffed after that. Not enough to be like, like, oh, God, that ruined the whole day. But I was like, man. I'm going to hunt this guy down and punch him in the nose. It, it means I didn't really go 6-3. I went 5-3 and then also had a bye. And it, it's like, eh. You know, like, it, it's, it's not what I was there to do. Like, I wasn't there to get a bye. Right. If that makes any sense. Um, and it's one thing if it's a bye just because, hey, that's the way the math comes up and... Like somebody in this, re- like we have an odd number of people left in this round, and this is where the math says that buy goes. Yeah, but instead, it's like no, there was a matchup based on the record so far, and then one of the players did not appear. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, the, we had, I still, you know, I was able to have my fun. I recorded my little dumb video for Twitter, and I was like telling everyone, like, "Hey guys, just you know, I'm going to do a judge yell in about 15 seconds." I don't want to jump scare you. And then 20 seconds later, I had been distracted by a conversation. Then I got jump scared by a guy, one of the other lonely guys doing the judge yell. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I missed my trigger. Ah! <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, like, would you have been allowed to say, like, five minutes in, hey, this dude's not here? Oh, uh, we I, we didn't get a chance to ask because a judge came over to the three of us since we were all right there and basically said, yeah. like, when that clock says 40... It was at 50. Uh, uh-huh. Call for a judge and you get a victory. Okay. Like, your opponent has 10 minutes to show up, basically. Okay. Uh, so, that, that, that you know, that happened. I did, I did That way you to... can have a real bathroom and food break, not, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was well, where look, I Look, I just to... handed my slip over. I've got 37 seconds to go get a sandwich. I, I was already prepared. I had, like, 14 granola bars with me. Fine, uh, then. I can actually go to the bathroom and not use the bucket I brought. Yes. Uh, I, I I had to go and use the bathroom, and I was like, I was like, oh, man, am I going to miss my round? I looked, I was like, I have 20 minutes to go use the bathroom. Whatever. I, like, sauntered over to the bathroom. You know, it was, it was that was, that was the little silver lining. Uh, but after that, I then played a guy who was directly to my right who watched me get a buy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I told him, I was like, all right, well, now we're going to see if I deserve that buy or not. And, Did you see uh, me mess up that guy in the last <laughs> round? Yeah. <laughs> You're next. Uh, this fellow, um, totally do not remember the name. I, I only glanced at the match sheet. Uh, but he was a, a lovely player who was running what I was going to call basically a nostalgia deck. Uh, it was Flame War and Battlefield Legend Optimus. And okay. someone else, I think Fireflight. Um, okay. I mean, that, w- that was the like the three-wide prime, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like, I was like, hey, I wonder how my, my Octone thing is going to do against, like, you know, this uh, Nostalgia meta deck to a certain degree. Uh, by the way, very well piloted. It was not a guy just net decking, you know, a top deck. Like, this is this guy knew what he was doing playing. Okay. Um, and, uh, again, I, I like it when I get compliments. So, at the end of playing, he mentioned, like, that my mecha- he really liked playing against me because my mechanics were very good. Because I, I narrate everything I do. Right. And I try to be very clear, especially now that I'm using stuff like Conversion Engine, and we almost missed a trigger at the end of a turn. Uh, and I, and he wanted to call a judge over just to make sure it was cool, because he had not, he basically had picked up his draw card, but ha- neither of us had seen it yet. Right. So we, we told the judge what happened. Judge was like, yeah, it's totally cool to roll that back and do the end of turn trigger and then go. And he, to a certain point, he was like, he was also saying, like, I might have reached to draw too fast. And I was like, yeah, and also I, I almost missed the trigger. Um, yeah. 
And then, and then to his credit, hugely to his credit, in one of our games on, on an opening turn, he flipped three extra pips, or he flipped three pips defense for Fireflight. And I mentioned to him, like, oh, you actually haven't gotten Flame War onto bot mode yet, so he doesn't have tough one yet. And he called over a judge and basically said, I need to get a judge to give me a warning, because I've been calling people on this all day. And I was like, that's very, very kind of you. That's good. That's good. That's the, that's the thing that frustrated me with one match that I had at with the, the one match where we he the guy called the judge, like, multiple yeah. times. Where, like, one of them was, yeah, we both missed the... um the force field, but another one was just that situation of like, he drew the card flat to the table and hadn't picked it up yet. And he was like, Oh, hold on judge. And it was like, uh, you didn't see it. I didn't see it. Like there's no, you didn't flip extra cards. You didn't not flip enough cards. It just doesn't exist yet. Just put it back on top of your deck and then had to wait for a judge that was very much a magic judge. Not a, this was, you know, the very first one. And he wanted to know, like, flip it over, and then asked me, okay, do you want him to have that card? It's like, well, it's the card that he would draw, but there was still a thing to do. It's going to happen anyway. I don't care. Well, so if he discarded that card, it's like, well, then that, like, advances his his his, his, his state. His recycle. His recycle. Like, there's there's not a good way to roll this back other than he never saw the card until you had him flip it over. Put it back. Yeah, but this, this, like that's that's a like I I call I I define that as like that's that's a reversible state because no unreversible action been taken yet. Right, uh, and and no knowledge was known yet. Yeah, the the judging was way better about stuff like that at this tournament. The that's judges, good. I think that's, it helped that that Matt Smith was there and helping early on. That's and good. he he was educating the judges on on what to do for calls as far as I could tell. Um, yeah. That was the one nice thing about my no-show opponents. I went to check in with Matt and Drew and see how they're doing. And just I was like, I need to just say it, even though like I don't think any of us should. But hey, if you're free to, to, to do a recording on Sunday after the finals, and they were both like, we got to play that by ear. And I was like, no, you should play that by ear. You have a, you have a, <laughs> Die in a fire. I mean, because I, I was like, I got to ask you, but also like, like, we're not recording today. And tomorrow you guys have to sit there and make sure everything runs right for a top eight. That that is also best out of three out of five on each match. Yeah, so uh, I didn't want to push it, uh, and I was like, we we have like we know how to record with each other without being in person. As cool as that would be, mm-hmm. um, but it was also nice to finally uh, say hi to them face to face. Anyway, this this opponent, um, he was running, so he's running Battlefield Legend Optimus, um, and I believe Flame War and Fireflight. But it, it was some, it was there was a Flame War, yeah, it was Flame War and Fireflight, and uh, and he was playing very well and. Um, I was able to take that game, but on game two, he he made the correct call to first uh, take the first turn and then swing Battlefield Legend directly into Octone. Um, okay. that, is how, that, that was the way to get my Octone deck, at least on game two, was to Alpha Strike Octone, because it's Octone into Battlemasters. So if you open right. by putting seven plus damage on Octone, I am on a bad footing. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if I take out your big guy that did it, so uh, I was able to take the game afterwards by saying I will go first <laughs> and lead with sights. Um, but yeah, I got that game, and then the last game was against a fellow running um, uh, General Optimus, and I, I played against him casually afterwards with a, with a blur deck, and I I'm mixing the two together now. I think it was General Optimus. It's a blur. It was, yeah. Uh, it was uh, General Optimus uh, from Wave 3, I should say, not Galaxy Prime. 
Okay. Um, I, I call that one Galaxy Prime, and I call the other one General Optimus. Is Gen- General Optimus Wave 3, I think, Smokescreen and Impactor. Uh, and I was able to take that game. He was also a very good player. Um, okay. And so it was, all my games were work. I didn't have any kind of like, and then I stomped that guy. Well, like I mean, I had, at, at some level, I mean, you stomped the chair. But at I some did. level, like Barely. it's an it's an invitational where you've had to earn your way into this. Yeah. And by the way, the chair actually did get me back by killing my score for that game. So yeah. I, I didn't even get to stomp the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had after the fact, but that would have probably gotten me thrown out. Uh, see, I just I ended bend on a... one of the legs a little bit so it doesn't stack right at the end. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> I did have the thing where I sat down. You know those metal chairs when the the metal frame on the back finally does give out. Mm-hmm. And it's like just bent, and you can feel it when you sit down. Mm-hmm. One of my sealed games, I sat down, and I was like, "Nope!" And I like stood up, <laughs> and I just switched the chair with another nearby one. I was like, and I told the guy I was sitting down, I was like, "If you get a chance, you might want to switch." That chair is bent. That chair is dying. Just uh, keep handing that chair down the line until it ends yeah. up at. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, I, I was like, this is the one time I'm going to be everyone for themselves. I cannot sit in this chair. It had no back support. Uh, it w- and it also was sinking in the back, so I have to like flex my legs to stay on the front. And I was like, "No, not for me." Um, so I ended up with a record of six three. I ended up in thirty seventh place. Uh, so I was five short of my my goal of getting top thirty two to get a prize. But low key, I didn't think I was going to make it past sixtieth place. So I'm still, still right now, even kind of ecstatic that I made like top forty at this event with. I believe 164 entries at the start. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing to me. So I, I, it makes me feel like I actually have figured out how to be a competent player at a card game. Uh, and and I, I feel really, really cool. So well, it also makes- sounds like you planned well for the rest of the setup. Like I, you, yeah. you, you took into effect or into account that like, hey, it's going to be a grind of a day. So I'm not going to bring in something like overly complex like you put yourself in the place to do well and i think that's that i think is what gets into like the you know the deeper meta of how how do you survive through thing x i i would describe it as i i I compensated for my lack of experience as a card player and lack of ability as a card player by using my ability to read into a psychological situation mm-hmm. and not even I, that, that's making it sound even fancier than it was i was able to recognize how sealed was going to mess with everyone and i didn't want it to mess with me and i wanted to be in a position to take advantage of players who had been messed with by being able to still play presently without thinking about the sealed mm-hmm. uh in a deck that would be easy to switch into and and uh i also took the lesson from one of the old um one of the old Origins or Gen Con reports of, of like the guy who was like, I can't remember who it was anymore, but it was the guy who basically said, the lesson learned was play the deck that you want to play, not the deck you think you're supposed to play. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think that's also very big. And, and what I'll also say, holy crap, there was a spread of decks at this tournament, like Gen Con Origins, where one could identify like, oh, there's a lot of bugs, there's a lot of OPBL, there's a lot of this or that. N- not, no, not at this tournament, not from what I mm-hmm. saw. This was a spread. It was the one of the best feelings of this tournament was was that there was there was no card you saw and groaned at in constructed in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that that definitely is. And then like what were the the cards that everybody says was overpowered and needed to be banned? OPBL, Cliff Jumper were either they were there. those cards in the top 8? 
They, they, um, I do not believe they were in the top eight. Uh, I, I mean, I can, we can check that because the lists are up now. But I, 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 I believe that's a rhetorical question, and no, there aren't. Okay, I, I actually didn't know because in the back of my head, I was like, wait, was there an OPBL in the top eight? I think there might have been one in a sideboard, but I might be very wrong. Maybe. But yeah, it was it was not like it was not being run by you know cards that we spent a lot of time talking about. There was a cu- there were a couple Jetfire decks in there, new Captain Jetfire decks that were like like one of them, uh, local guy Kevin Flack. He has he was running a Cog deck that does some really big swings, and, and I, if I recall correctly, he said that at one point he swang at Captain Jetfire for twenty and did three damage. <laughs> Because Captain Jetfire reposted with 17 defense, uh, or something like that. It was some crazy number like that. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's nuts. There were a couple folks that I heard about. There's one deck I heard about, and I think two people were running variants of it. It was a white pip deck. Uh, where the star was Wave 1 Mirage. Uh, okay. And it was Wave 1 Mirage, two Battlemasters, uh, Vanguard and Taraxodon, the white pip Battlemasters, mm-hmm. uh, and Fireflight. And the deck was mostly white pips, uh, and then a couple piece through tyrannies and a couple, uh, involuntary promotions. So whenever Fireflight died, involuntary promotion, Fireflight back and kill a Battlemaster instead, put the Battlemaster onto Prowl, or put, put Vanguard onto Fireflight, put Taraxodon onto Prowl, uh, and just keep that. So basically use involuntary promotion to keep Fireflight alive through two deaths. There was no prowl. I think my brain skipped there. We were hitting the one hour mark, and it was it was clearly Mirage. You know what I meant. And then Mirage is almost always, once fully equipped, almost always attacking for eight twice against zero defense with the Taraxodon trigger. Hmm. And I was like, that is fascinating. Like, I think that's a really cool idea. And I, I also have a lot of nostalgia. One year nostalgia for Wave One Mirage. Yeah. So hearing that, you know, the original untap myself boy was doing some work made me really happy. Uh, and uh, th- there was also, you know, uh, there was Blaine's Daring Escape deck, which went undefeated and constructed because that thing is is terrifying and beautiful. Uh, and yeah, there, there was quite a spread. I mean, you just look at the top eight, even the major shockwave, uh, wave three Optimus and wave four Optimus in the, t- in the top eight. There was a really smartly played bugs deck in the top eight. Um, those are the four top eight decks I remember off the top of my head. I will say this. I didn't watch the top eight in its entirety. I tried to start watching it halfway through in person, and it was very difficult to watch it, and I realized I should just go watch the stream archive later. Uh, cause they were, you know, it, it's trying to watch a card game at a six foot distance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. <laughs> Uh, and the stream monitor was not like right next to them. It was way over and behind a wall. So it's not like you just look at the monitor every now and then. Right. So it just, it seemed more sensible to me. Like, I think I'll probably get more out of this if I watch it after the fact. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, cause uh, they had, they had some really solid commentary going on. Uh, I, I heard from, uh, I asked Jamie from uh, powered by Primus who was part of commentary. I was like, you know, how'd it go? And he's like, yeah, it was great. They let me have a break for a bit. They swapped in some people. Um, so I'm uh, I'm excited to check that out. And uh, and yeah, Galaxy Prime... Well, I mean, it feels weird to say Galaxy Prime 1. I looked at the deck list. A very well-piloted Galaxy Prime 1 that I assume... I haven't watched it yet, so I might be wrong. The impression I got looking at that deck list... That deck list was... Galaxy Prime is a platform for 
uh, using a deck full of very good cards and playing with a high level of quality. And I assume that that's what brought that deck home at the end was a high level of, of or a high quality level of play using a deck full of very good cards on a character who was a platform for using lots of very good cards. Okay. Um, that that I'm gonna obviously you know I might be completely wrong. I'll see once I check out the recording. But that I liked that uh, from what I saw on the deck list. It just seemed like because Galaxy Prime is a platform. You know he's got five slots. Three of them are utilities. It seems like that would make the deck able to be just piloted extremely well. And that's that's kind of what it does, as opposed to like a, a super like you know bullet pointable gimmick. Um, I'll see. You know, maybe I'm, I'm probably wrong, but uh, it was just neat to see that deck list and go like, this just looks like a good deck list of good cards. Like uh, I dug it, but yeah, congrats to every, like, obviously congrats to our winner. Uh, I closed the Facebook page. Uh, this guy from vector Sigma team. I believe his name is David. I'm going to go take a look. I, I apologize again to everyone. How bad I am with normal human names. The internet kind of messes you up after a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You need people to be called things like, you know, Top Loader, Overlord, Top Loverlord, uh, or, you know, Dragon Shield, Fire Breather, or something like that. But this will solve itself very quickly, I'm sure. These are not the deck lists. Here we go. Here's the deck lists. These don't have the pilot names on them. Aaron, what was his name? Uh, since I'm sure I, you can I just don't know. tell me. I was relying on you to have that information because you're the one that was there. Yeah, I was. Daniel, I was right. I said David. I was very wrong. Daniel Arnold. <laughs> Here we go. I got the whole list. I didn't think that Fort Max was going to have the names, but it did. Galaxy Prime uh, winner was Daniel Arnold. The general Prime deck was with uh, Prowl and Ironhide from the Sentinels, I believe. That might have been a secret Sentinels setup of some kind. No, no, that's the one where OPBL was in the sideboard. Okay. Um, that came second, run by Ian Wall. Uh, Stefan uh, Pinkney ran a major shockwave deck in third place. Uh, the Smart Insecticons by uh, Jimmy John uh, was fourth place. Uh, oh, one of the, the Jetfire, one of the Jetfire two wides was fifth place. Uh, that was Jetfire Aimless by Richard Wyatt. Uh, four wide General Optimist by Adam Bixler was sixth. Uh, major shockwave by Aiden Downey Back was seventh, and four wide Nemesis Prime. Hell yeah, uh, William Gomez. That the four wide nemesis with the uh, the airstrike patrol. That's another deck list. I was like, that's kind of inspired. I like that a lot because it's like nemesis prime and lots of green pips, so that all of the little guys swing big and defend big. Yeah, really cool deck lists. Uh, I'm gonna look at the Galaxy Prime one again, and yeah, it's just you know weapons, Energon, like like good blue flip stuff, but also Energon axe, Ion Blaster, Laser Cutlass, Nobles Blaster, you know sparring gear with lots of blue pips. Uh, bigger they are, uh, equipment enthusiasts for draw, disarms, uh, good draw cards, some good attack pumps, a reprocess, uh, three matrices, uh, two field communicators, three energy packs. Like it's just a it's it's a nicely run, nicely built deck with flame war and skydive. So it's like, I I, I think I, I like I like the look of this deck because it just looks like it's playing it's playing the game, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, turbo board and the sideboard. But yeah, uh, I I enjoyed myself a bunch. Uh, on Sunday, I did hang out a whole bunch and get in a few more casual games. Uh, I was watching, uh, taking a look at Wreck and Rules set up while they were filming some stuff. And, uh, then while I was there, uh, Wes, I believe, from, uh, the Colorado crew, um, I'll go triple check that, um, had, uh, mentioned, we, we all, a bunch of us tried to go for, for food basically on the Saturday night. 
Uh, it was Wes. Um, so a bunch of us tried to go for food Saturday night. We went to a place called BurgerFi, and when we walked in, there's like 18 of us walked in the door, and they basically locked the door while we were trying to come in. <laughs> and they were like, we just dealt with a huge crowd of you. We can't. We can't. Like, we kind of made them rage quit a little bit. Understandably. <laughs> like, it seems like no one in town knew there was a convention going on. So a lot of food places had gone into, like, bunker mode. Uh, okay. Like, the McDonald's apparently was like, we are only serving single patty cheeseburgers. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, no worries. I guess uh, that is a fallback mode. Yeah, and BurgerFi had just gone through a crowd of, like, 30 people. There were 15 people waiting for food when we got in there, and I'm like, no, I get it, I get it. <laughs> it's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, so eventually I split off from everyone, and I just went back to the hotel and got a, a, a flatbread pizza from the hotel bar. And brought it up to my room, and then I, I was after that tournament and getting thirty seventh. I was so je- I thought I was going to be really tired, and I was, but I was also on a buzz till like three a.m. of like I kind of want to play more cards, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sunday, I, you know, I was hanging out, and uh, then Wes uh, from the Colorado crew had asked uh, basically anyone that he talked to. He was like, "Hey, we're just trying to collect uh, head count to go grab some food and make a reservation." Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm down six o'clock. So we went uh, and it was a uh, Colorado crew. It was Jimmy from the top eight. Um, it was the rock and roll crew and assorted other related folks. Uh, and it just went to a pub that was about a 15 minute walk away. And uh, it was really fun just to like get to talk to a whole lot of people that I have not met in person before. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I, that was, I think, for me, the highlight. Guess what? The social thing with lots of, of cool folks was the highlight of a convention experience. But it was. Uh, it, it was it was really fun to finally sit down and talk to a lot of folks who's like, you know, TCG articles and videos I've checked out in past. Um, it, it was it was neat to be one of the few people in the room who was the only one who knew all the dumb toy trivia. I wasn't the only one. There was a couple other folks. But, like, you know, you're at a Transformers convention, and everyone knows a whole bunch about all kinds of plastic things. Right. Uh, in this room, it's like everyone's digging Transformers, but I was, like, one of the folks who was like, oh, I know the, the nature of uh, plastic production, how it changed the toys and their delivery starting in 2012 with the War for Cybertron, blah, blah, blah. I know what a durometer is. Uh, and, and it was... It was just fun to have these conversations. I can tell you and, all the ways that the toys that made us was wrong. I, I that one I always leave. I, I'll I'll just ask someone like, well, did you like it? Because if you liked it, that's great. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> leave it at. That. And I, I don't I don't hate toys that made us. It's just not what I want. Uh, it's I, not, I was only joking about that. I'm not necessarily saying that there was something wrong. Just I I mean, what I want is documentaries, and that's not what the show is. It is a, a no. educational <laughs> miniseries, and that's fine. But uh, also, I got to give a quick shout out. Wayne from the UK, uh, one of uh, Andy Cobra Commander TFW's best friends, uh, came up, introduced himself, said, hey, I've been checking out your stuff since like 09, and uh, I really like it. So it's cool to meet you. And I was like, dude, you know, Andy, let's talk about Andy. (laughs) But uh, no, Wayne was really cool. Uh, He was very jet lagged the entire time he was there. Um, So bless him for taking part. uh, the 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 two folks from Australia uh, were who were basically making the Energon Invitational into part of a larger cross America trip uh, were super cool to talk to and hear a, a little bit about just you know playing this game in Australia. Um, I'm gonna try to find their names too because I said I would. Uh, but yeah, like hanging out and uh, on on Sunday night was so fun. Um, it was Peter and Brendan from Australia. Uh, Peter Lawson. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful couple of players. Um, 
but yeah, I, it, it was nice to put some uh, some in, some physical faces to names. Uh, that's, I'm just kind of rambling anecdotes from that point onwards. But uh, if there's another Energon Invitational and a whole bunch of these folks are going to go, then I want to go because this was this was a lot of fun. Uh, this is not like, you know, it's not like I'm going to go to this over TFCon forever, but it's like, this is a diff- a slightly different crew. Uh, there was some TFCon crossover for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, like big shouts out to, uh, to like OG botcon social crew, uh, Adam, uh, who was there as part of uh, Kevin Allen's play group. Uh, okay. it was really cool to catch up with him. Uh, he actually used to be a mod on TFW like a decade ago. <laughs> But uh, no, this was this was just so much fun. Like I like this card game a lot, and it was really cool to catch up with a lot of people who like this card game a lot. And and I, I can't I can't repeat it enough. And and I'll I'll how do I put this? I'll I'll not devil's advocate. I'll say the thing that goes along with this. Everyone I interacted with and played against, like especially the folks I played against, was such a pleasure. Everyone was such a nice player, a friendly player, a competitively positive player, uh, and it made the experience all the better. And I'm sure there were some bad apples in the midst of a 160-person pool. Uh, I didn't hear about any, but I'm sure that they were there. Um, it's just, you know, statistics. So... It's not like you're going to have, like, you know, nine awesome opponents, but it sure sounds like a lot of people had nine awesome opponents, or at least as many awesome opponents as they had before they decided to drop. And mm-hmm. and if you're someone who already does a lot of these card game things, like, there is definitely a time to drop if you hit, like, four losses and you're feeling it and you know that you can't get a placing you want. Like, I don't think there's any shame in dropping. In fact, it's not shame, because there is no shame in dropping of your own volition. I, I don't think it's anything to poo-poo. Like, it, it completely makes sense. For myself, I was like, no, I'm playing the nine rounds because this is the only game for which I will do a tournament like this. So I want to just do the whole thing, even if it goes really, you know, like, if the, if the boat capsizes halfway through, I'm still going to just stick it out. Because I'm already here and I got some stamina, mm-hmm. but yeah, I had such a positive experience, and uh, I think it speaks to the quality of this community, uh, the Transformers TCG player community, like at least the ones who show up to an event like this. Um, that there, there was no like, I don't know of any like just universal like, oh, did you play that guy? You know, kind of stories. Yeah. Um, and I know that that stuff happens in games like Magic, you know. So uh, everybody said it about this weird Canadian guy that I kept talking about, about how he beat up warfare. a chair. He's kept talking about psych warfare, like there's almost no cards involved. I don't even get it. <laughs> uh, but uh, and and yeah, it's, it's just my attempt to do a blanket shout out of how much fun I had and how good it was to meet everyone. Like like you know, I like the Wreck and Rule guys a lot, so I was really hyped to meet the Wreck and Rule guys because that's just my bias. Like I, I like what they do and I like their energy. But you know, I met a lot of folks who were not the Wreck and Rule guys, and uh, and it, they were just as fun to talk to and play against, and you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Just trying to think if I missed any other beats in there. Uh, I was very tempted. To buy a $50 sound blaster from Pastimes mm-hmm. because I really wanted him to be my sideboard character for Octone. But I was like, I just can't. What if I open him during the sealed? I don't want to, I don't want to be in the Aaron position of suddenly having 15 sound blasters. Yeah, it's only three. Uh, you know, 28 sound blasters. Like, I just can't mm-hmm. live with that. Uh, so, you know, and, and it was also neat to see, um, I think already the some effects of the Energon edition, like they had slipstream cliff jumpers and they were like 110, and I'm like those were like 150 at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh there were $50 tandem targeting systems. Uh curiously, no all-out attacks. 
But there was a little stack of $50 tandem targeting systems. <laughs> that poor card. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, so solid, solid experience for me. Uh, I think there are some very solid criticisms uh, that are, in my opinion, quite constructive. Uh, if you sift through and just read everything, like, you know, and... And at the end of the day, like I, most people who were there, I think had a pretty good time, even if they didn't have a good time throughout all of the Saturday. It just seems like generally folks were still enjoying themselves somewhere. I had a good time, and uh, I think you know only because it's such a sensitive topic within the community. I just wanted to say, like, I think there are legit criticisms to launch. I think that you know there are bad ways to launch a criticism, but for the most part, I didn't. I don't think I read anything that was like just straight up vile toxic. I read some stuff where sometimes the tone was a little bit, a little bit up, but not mm-hmm. enough for me to say like, oh, this is ridiculous. It was like, no, there's still valid crits in there. Like, it's got to take it, take it as is. And like, all, speaking from my experience on the show floor, most of the criticisms I read, someone would, would, if you said it to them, would probably, no, not probably, I saw it. Some, someone who would hear that criticism would be like, no, no, I agree. Yeah. You know, like in that tone. Uh, yeah. I, it, it seems like, some chunk of this has come down to the fact that they lost like half of their staff. I think losing half and, the staff and doing deck reg after gameplay started were two things that had a calamitous effect that was like just just you know dot like period mm-hmm. like uh and those are two things that can be acted upon for the next event I think to a point um this the, doing deck reg before play can be acted upon and i think it should be myself um understaffing can be acted upon to a point but Mm -hmm. if on say thursday you discover that a bunch of people can't make it you don't really have much recourse yeah um so you know and 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 they're this also the same group who are running a bunch of the magic events and and uh it's not to say that is excusing any criticism it's just that is a reason. It's a you know a toy collector thing. It's it's we know the why, so the why is not mysterious, and and hopefully that does not have to be the case the next time uh, through a combination of planning and good fortune. Because uh, I, I appreciate everyone who ran stuff. You know, none of the judges I dealt with were poor. They they were quite friendly. It just it sometimes took a little while to get there. Uh, it's just the the deck wrench process. It was just on. It was it was it felt like final exams in high school. And that's fine if I then get to play games afterwards, but it happened after I'd already played some games. <laughs> oh, I do need to give one more shout out. Where'd I put that card? Oh, it's in that stack. Aaron, uh, did you, from a spectator point of view, like as someone mm-hmm. who was watching online, like what was your impression of the event not being there, but reading reports as they came out? Along the lines of like what you were saying, um, I like I said, I think that... Uh, it being an invitational versus an open, like, I, I think that that meant that you at least had, I won't necessarily say, like, the cream of the crop, but you had more experienced players, you had people that had, um, a bit more of, uh, uh, personal, um, stake in it, uh, to that's that probably helped quite a bit of stuff because um, I'd played, you know, both at Gen Con and at Origins, and they were open, and it seemed like I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. Maybe the quality swing was a little bit high. 
Yeah, you didn't have drop-ins in this tournament. Right. Uh, and the um, last chance qualifiers, silver lining of those things being so harsh and 30 bucks, is the folks who qualified through those were certainly not drop-ins. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, so it's a thing that, like, because I know that I had a couple of games <laughs> where maybe it was a competitive deck, but it wasn't, like, a, an experienced pilot. I won't say yeah. a good pilot, but somebody that wasn't experienced and, like... Having to call out somebody else's triggers um, kind of makes it now like I'm having to drive your deck and mine. Yeah. <laughs> rather than like I just have to figure out my deck, you know. And that's a rough thing because, you know, when I played the Cosmos deck multiple times, I know that I missed like the draw on tap of Fire Drive yeah. for, for the attack. And, you know, I was sitting there and, and hey, maybe it's a thing that I should have had a, a, you know, notes in order to say, like, hey, remember to do this thing when you tap with him. That was that was me and uh, Conversion Engine, because it has an yeah. end of turn trigger, which is a new concept to me, like an end yeah. of turn specifically trigger. And I did have to kind of, like, slap myself on the wrist a few times and go, like, you got to remember to do this. Yeah. Uh, like, during my own turn. I, I found the thing I was looking for. Um but uh yeah, I I want to say cream of the crop, it's like it's not that all the cream of the crop were there, but folks who were there, generally part of the cream of the crop. Yeah. Uh some cream of the crop probably couldn't make it due to travel and timing and the way life goes. Yeah. But if you were playing in that tournament, I think you could call yourself part of the, the the I treat cream of the crop as like just a general, like wide reaming cream of the crop. If you want to talk about the frosty tips of the cream of the crop, that's like your mm-hmm. your top eights, your top 16s but uh anyone playing in that tournament yeah was coming with a a, a base level of quality of play uh yeah. and it, it showed um but talking about drop-ins uh the i woke up early saturday and i thought i'm gonna go check the uh transformers tcg twitter see if any fresh <clears throat> info has dropped i should know about Mm-hmm. And I saw they'd retweeted someone who was at PAX basically saying, I want someone, can anyone out there teach me this Transformers TCG? So I replied, and I was like, yeah, I will. I got till 10 o'clock, and it was like 8.30. Uh, yeah. So I met up with uh, Brian Wiggins, um, voice actor uh, and uh, RPGer. Uh, basically, he saw the Penny Arcade comic about uh, rules videos, went and looked up a rules video, and then was like, hey, this game looks really good. So, okay. <laughs> so I I, uh, I I taught him uh, how to play. He had already bought a Wave One starter set and a bunch of packs. I think three packs of Siege Two. Okay. And so I just used I I pulled out all the Wave One cards he had and just made a shared deck. Um, okay. And we ran the Wave One starter, but I subbed out Wave One Red Alert for Wave Three Red Alert. Okay. Because uh, he just you know I think same stars seemed a little more exciting to use. Mm-hmm. And we had a good time. Uh, he he had donuts, so I had an apple cider donut. Um, and, uh, we just hung out in the food court, played games until about 10, 10, and then I took off to go to the player meeting. Uh, so quick shout out there, uh, Brian Wiggins, uh, he's got a Twitter account that was retweeted some time ago. I'll go find it while we're talking, but, uh, that was also, I think that was a fun way to warm up sort of mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to go meet up with the student, teach him how to play the game and then go like, anyway, going to go play the tournament now. See y'all later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll also let you like, okay, here's the focus on basics. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm going to think about just the the quality of play stuff, like the basic tenets of how the engine Mm -hmm. works, to also, yeah, remind my brain (laughs) this morning. Uh, Yeah, it was um, The Saint Brian on Twitter, Brian Wiggins VO. Um, 
He's the DM of hashtag Team X. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, that was really fun. And uh, he asked me later on on Twitter in the day, he's like, how'd it go? And I was like, I am in the top 37 players of the world. Uh, which is a fun thing to say, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's most of my PAX report. I did go around the show floor a bit. I discovered that when you're playing in an all-day Saturday tournament, it's very hard to also be a media person. Um, especially when you're by yourself. <laughs> Yeah. So I did most of my filming on Friday. I have a bunch of show floor footage and a walk around with my gimbal. And I have one interview with WizKids. Uh, and that's all I was able to do. I was hoping to get in another interview with Restoration Games on Sunday. But when I woke up Sunday, I was like, I don't think I can. Like, I'm I'm <laughs> not present enough. I'm, I'm actually quite tired still from from Saturday. Uh, so I, I had my gear with me still, and I swung by their booth, and it was very busy. And I was like, no, I don't think I can squeeze myself in here. So I'm, hope, now I know for next time if I go to an EI and it's at PAX Unplugged to plan all. I'll just plan two solid interviews for Friday. Uh, and, yeah. and bring just the gear for that and, and roll with that. Uh, so good learning experience. I loved PAX Unplugged, though. I want to go again. That was a... I liked that show a lot. It, it was... It was very busy, but it was not PAX Prime. And I thought that the Expo Hall was way more interesting than PAX Prime because in my... I haven't been to PAX Prime since, like, 2012. But mm-hmm. that Expo Hall was, like... Like, the PAX Prime Expo Hall was, like, triple-A, video gamey. Like, everything's on screens. Uh, PAX Unplugged, it's a very colorful expo hall, but everything's physical objects that you're often... They, the folks who are running the booth really want you to come over and handle them and play a game with them. Uh, and I think that just made it way more interesting to me. Um, so I would really like to go to PAX Unplugged again. Uh, it was a really cool show. Uh, got in a really fun demo uh, with this robot combining board game called Aegis. On uh, on uh, Wraithnor on Twitter, Russell had had cued me into it. Really cool game. Bought it on the spot after the demo. It's like it's like a tabletop version of Super Robot Wars, sort of. Um, you run little robots, and every robot can combine to some degree. Uh, okay, it's, it's really cool. It's turn based uh, hex hex board strategy. Uh, and I bought uh, the from Restoration Games. They had the unmatched expansions uh, for Bruce Lee and Robin Hood versus Bigfoot, and uh, so I picked those up because it seemed way easier than picking them up in uh, Toronto right now. And then they said, "Hey, if you buy a third game, you get ten bucks off, and one of the games is fifteen bucks." So I was like. Yeah, all right. I, I like the idea of trick-taking games. So I got the trick-taking game they had called Indulgence. Uh, it's tarot-sized cards. Trick-taking involves florins, and uh, is very it's very the church from that era. It's kind of kind of a cool aesthetic. Um, also, I went with no check luggage, so I did have to ditch a lot of game boxes in my room. Um, okay. So I, I just had to like take all the the main components and just fit them into my luggage. And it's a good thing I had no check luggage because uh, due to weather, I was not able to fly back the day I was supposed to fly back. Yeah. Uh, and everyone that, I talked to, everyone I talked to said at least you don't have check luggage because this would be ten times more of a nightmare if you did. And I was like, I feel really good about my decision. Uh, but yeah, I got stranded there for another day. Had to get my own hotel because JetBlue has a, a quote-unquote act of God clause where uh, if an act of God prevents you from flying, it's not on them to cover your your room and board for the night. And I was, in my head, I was kind of like, I'll do respect to everyone. I was like, I'm sure that's the wording in Canada, but also I'm in America and these guys keep saying act of God. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. oh boy, oh boy. Uh, all the JetBlue folks I dealt with were were fine. They were all very on the defensive talking to me because you know they're in a crappy position and their company does not give them enough information. Uh, they are set up to be meat shields for the frustration that comes with this stuff, and I refused. Yeah, I refused to let my frustration out on any of these folks. Um, I just was, I was kind of spilling it over in that, like the guy I was talking to, I was like, Hey, do you got, you're really cool. Do, 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 do you have any friends who work the social media accounts? Cause I don't want to mess with any of your friends. If I start messing with the social media accounts, <laughs> I just probably, I told him like, I'm probably going to yell at them on Twitter a bunch. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> I know it's not on you guys. Uh, but I made my way home eventually. Uh, I, I basically just spent the day. I, I, I was able to make the call that, and they were able to tell me I wasn't going to make it uh, at around 5 p.m. So it's not like I had to just run to a room and fall asleep. I had a whole afternoon, evening to spend in the room. Um, and that, that helped soften the blow a bit. But uh, yeah, then I got home and it, it, was, it was a fun tournament. I got a lot of deck ideas I want to mess with. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a video about my sealed pool and my Octone deck because I still have everything all separated out. Uh, so folks can see what I had to work mm-hmm. with. Maybe you'll see a better plan than anything I did. Uh, and once those videos are up, I will try to link them to the podcast thread this is going to be attached to. This will also be on YouTube as well, though. So maybe the, the end card will something, something. But uh, Aaron, anything else Energon Invitational-wise you want to talk about? Uh, uh, we did talk about you a whole lot. Um, okay. You, know, you came up. Uh, your, your, yeah. meta, your meta, your local meta was there. I know. I I was talking with him after the fact, and they said that you did nothing but mock. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we talked about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I want to say is they talked about you first. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's that's fine. They were cool though. One of the, one of the dudes. Um, again, they have human names, and I just met them, mm-hmm. so it's very difficult. The one with the with the 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 hat and the beard. Uh, was a dude who also he was one of the three of us at the same row of tables who had a no show opponent. Okay. Um, but uh, they were also they were also at the Sunday night thing I went to. Um, which mm-hmm. I, I should I should stress it was just it was Wes went and collected a head count of people he knew from the show floor. That was what we did to go for a dinner. Uh, it was it was very nostalgic to me. It was like just good old botcon times of like we're not going to try to do some kind of big thing. It's just like hey, do you all want to go to dinner? Let's all go to dinner. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Aaron, uh, any other Energon Invitational thoughts on your end? Do you have any? If you had gone, what do you think you would have run? I don't know. I saw your deck while I was there. What, which which well, actually, deck? No, it was the very, I saw at least one RC thrust Grimlock um, okay. floating around, and I was like, oh, that's like the mod on Aaron's Ars Thrust Blitz. Yeah. That was, I think that the Grimlock version was a bit more common. Yeah. Um, going for the overrun damage, just trying to, like, maximize that out. Yeah. Like, let's say you got thrown into it. Like, do you think you would have gone for RC Thrust Blitz again, or would you? I don't think so. Um, mm. Like, it was, that deck was all right. Um, I. If I had the opportunity to play a lot more and get better with Cosmos, I pro- I might have tried a Cosmos deck. That would have been cool. Um, that would have been cool. U- using that and maybe... Granted, some of his tech got killed with uh, being 
uh, specialist adjacent. A little um, bit, but I mean the. I feel like all the specialist stuff I tended to run never like multi mission gear was in there, but it was always the one that I drew instead of the ones I wanted. If that makes sense, right? Um, but I think that I could have, like, with that and the, uh, you know, the escape fun. I think that there might be a Cosmos deck that runs that too. Yeah, since Cosmos does a whole lot of like, like the way that that deck was built with everything was like there were intersections and maybe that's a a thing that ends up being a like a two of in order to maybe like that's a as an alternate win condition not as the main yeah win condition type of thing it it also like daring escape i would put in a cosmos deck just to shrink the deck um yeah like eric uh local Toronto player had run um, a couple a couple weeks ago a Nemesis Prime deck with uh, Sea Watch and three Daring Escapes. Uh, sea Watch is the Lord for the um, he's the Lord where it's like uh, every time you flip a two, two white pips, flip three additional cards. Uh, okay. So between flipping lots of cards and cutting entire cards out of his deck at random with Daring Escape. At some point, someone was telling me he had four cards under Nemesis Prime, and the game didn't go... It wasn't, like, a super long game, either. So, uh, it was kind of cool to hear about the use... Like, for him and... For Nemesis Prime and Cosmos, it seems feasible to try playing around with Daring Escape as part of your strategy to reshuffle. Um, Right. And then, like I said, not just that, but, like, that one... I ended up, like, at one point in time, I think, with an equipment enthusiast, I drew, like, seven or eight cards... Like, if you're winnowing out on one side and picking up a bunch on the other side, even not, you know, that's a thing that you could winnow down with the escape portion of it. And then, like, be able to come around and say, I've got enough stuff there and enough stuff in hand that yeah. that it could trigger. But, like, again, that's a thing that, you know, I, I need to get with the local meta peeps and and just find time and or force time of like nah sorry work i can only do 10 hour days three days a week before i go absolutely mad yeah um what what i'll say is when we talked about you what mostly we talked about was aaron's a really cool guy and he's super busy mm -hmm. um well thanks i was i was mm -hmm the the super busy not necessarily the really cool guy. I mean, I'll take oh, those geez. accolades. Oh, I, I appreciate. Yeah, we also just talked about you a bunch. We just talked about you a bunch. But yeah, uh, that's but, my favorite uh, thing to tell no, somebody who's not in the room for something. It's like, oh, we talked <laughs> about you, and then just like skip the topic, go to something else. <laughs> that thing on the side of your neck, really go to the doctor about it, but you're not gonna. Um, but yeah, I work has been. I always complain about it, but work has been significantly a pain in the. Yeah, yeah. You you were you were missed. Uh, people asked me about you. Um, They're like, "Where's your team?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> my team. <laughs> Let me just go get my mm-hmm. team." <laughs> uh, I, I'm only saying it that way because like there were a number of like full on like teams at this event, and mm-hmm. nothing makes you feel even more like a renegade on a lonely island than like, oh boy, there's teams with matching shirts and jackets. And I yeah. do not have that. I am I flew down here from Toronto and <laughs> I'm trying to do interviews as well while I'm down here. Oh boy. 
which also makes me feel even better about coming in 37 out of 164 because like i did that by myself you did that yourself it's not like you had eight other people picking you up and doing things you did that i'll throw it i'll say it immediately before i accidentally hurt someone (laughs) with what i'm saying there's nothing wrong with that in fact that is a better way to do this uh but you know i i I was rather than the dumb way that you did it of like i'm just gonna keep going and hit my head against this thing i was just there by myself and so i feel a little bit of pride about that i don't think any less of anyone who was there with a team in fact i am envious of folks who were there with a team uh, I thought yeah. that was really, it was a really neat thing to see that, like, you don't really see that at TFCon because that's not a thing we're doing at TFCon. Like, you know, high yeah. competitive stuff. So, like, it was neat to, like, see card teams and, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it was fascinating. Um, but, uh, yeah, Aaron, so next to see all know, next time there's a big tournament, Aaron's going to run Cosmos. So, stock up your hijacks. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the, uh, like, there were shockwaves, but it was not the shockwave ocean that people were thinking it was going to be, um, which is nice, because that would have taken a very long time. Uh, yeah. It's very good deck spread. I genuinely hope that the top, like, 50 players get their deck list put out there, at least in a listing, because there was just mm-hmm. so much stuff. Like, I want every deck list out there, like, because it was so varied. I'd love to see it. I don't think that's very feasible. Um but I might not understand how easy it is to do all that. So if it's easy to do, then hey, hopefully they can do it. Um, anyway, Aaron, anything else you, you want to want to chat about? Uh, your money is weird. I always say that, but it's true. Um, okay, your guys, this is weirder. It's multiple colors, plastic. Some of yeah, it can, smells like I can maple. tell it apart in my like, wallet when I look. Um, yeah, I, don't I know. have a sea of I, ones. I don't know how you like. I'm just reacting. Like, okay, you, you guys. It's stressful dealing with your guys' money and and your guys' after tax prices. Of like, I have like a, a I have a pound of one dollar bills, and I'm pretty sure they're all ones. And there's not like a fifty mixed in here. And oh, now I also have another like fistful of coins because we still have pennies over <laughs> here. And like, man, like I, I appreciate Canada for getting rid of the penny. Yeah, I'm trying to think, um, I could talk about the Energon edition. Yeah, I got to see that in person because I got. I got I got that uh I ordered one and got that in. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, I I did I I like the plastic cards more than I thought I was going to and I was pretty sure I was going to dig no, them. You- I I I like that as a as a different thing. So you, you had plastic cards in yours? I had to. I had yeah. to. There's yeah. the, the the couple of folks who had the um the really unfortunate production error. That had to get sorted out. I must have missed that. Oh no, yeah, and it, it, there's film proof of it. Someone, like at least at least one or two people, cracked open the cube to discover no plastic cards. Oh no, <laughs> just empty slots. Oh no, <laughs> it got sorted out, but <laughs> it's like, oh boy, <laughs> that's the sadness. Uh, also, there was this was the this was the other kind of like thing that happened at the Energon Invitational. I found out about uh, someone sleeved up the foil cards, the battle mm-hmm. cards. And went like these feel physically thicker in a way that's not good. And sat down with uh, Watsi and some head judges, and the head judges were able to detect those cards by feel in a shuffled deck without fail. Hmm. So there's a little bit of a problem with those foiled cards for hmm. high competitive play. The way Magic is, as I understand it, in in high competitive Magic, you just can't use foils. You have to use proxies in place of foils uh, because foils have a propensity for curling. 
in Magic. Yeah. So you're supposed to like just go to a judge and get judge-provided proxies for all your foil cards. I expect that that will be the case with these. Uh, I don't think they're going to reprint all of these foil battle cards over again. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. It's you know it's part of that part of that territory, I guess. But. Uh, now that, that was the thing to read where I was like, oh, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I hope that I hope proxies is is a solution because otherwise folks are going to get real mad about all that attack again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Energon edition, yeah, it was it was neat to see it on display. Um, I uh, I was told I was talking to some folks and I was like I was worried about the collation. The, you know what we didn't? I don't think we bro- I don't think we mentioned this when we talked about it. If if there was going to be different collation, then they would have to change the printing sheets. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So it's yeah. like there's actually that's, an extremely why low everybody chance. along the way that was talking. Well, the box actually says on it, yeah, super rare one in seventy two. Yeah, yeah, and when it comes to rares and everything, yeah, they'd have to redo sheets or or whatever, and that would be that would be cost prohibitive. Yeah, I would. That, that's, I, that's just... I would think there's a couple of print technologies that's a little bit more print on demand, but I don't think that would work well, like, yeah. to then also be in booster wrapping the way that it is and follow everything else. I don't think, I don't think that would actually work. That that was me crossing a wire between toy collecting and the production of actual yeah. card game cards. Uh, so yeah, that that was not going to be a thing whatsoever. I don't, I don't, I got so hung up on that topic for a, a couple days. Uh, did you uh, did you open your wave one boosters at all? Are you saving those to give away or something? I have not. It's all still uh, sealed, and I'm trying to figure out quite what I want to do with it. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that I talked about like wanting to get another box of wave one, and now I have it. And it's like, well, I just crack it open. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. Like, I need to figure out like what where i want to go with everything because yeah. again it's you know it's rough if, you know i've not gotten to play since gen con really and mm-hmm. that's been a bit and like i don't want to get behind on on things so that then i have to go and buy a couple of waves so yeah. i'm i'm keeping up on the card purchase side of things but i i i want to get more opportunities to play so that i feel better about going and cracking a bunch of packs and hunting down the four super rares that i still need for the last two waves to be at least character complete on everything and it's one of those where i got i got to do a lot of thinking yeah about how i want to continue on this this road just don't don't forget your local meta uh mm-hmm. they're always there yeah <laughs> uh because yeah, like obviously, like I like building lots of decks. I like having dupes to like pre-build some decks. So I'm always up for just yeah, I'll shower me with more battle cards. I'll make mm-hmm. proxies of rares I don't have tons of copies of and etc. Um, but so that's that's me, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you got your Energon edition. Uh, we did we did the Energon Invitational. Uh, we have our winner. Uh, many congrats again to Daniel. Um, of uh, Daniel Arnold of Vector Sigma for that. Uh, also taking Galaxy Prime to the top, one of my personal favorite uh, additions to the game because it's from that trilogy. Uh, so that was really cool to see. I can't wait to watch that 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 
top eight stream. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to make the time yet because I I got home and then immediately got the I went I got home finally next day went out to play cards got itches all over my nasal passages during that and then was incredibly sick the day after. Um, so <laughs> now I'm still getting over that. I have muted the mic a couple times to blow my nose violently. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the tail end of it. I can tell by the colors that I'm on okay. the tail end of it. Um, oh, one other thing about about this uh, Energon Invitational. Uh, the secret weapon characters, the ones that I didn't really think were going to be everywhere and were everywhere, uh, Sites was in a lot of places. There's two Sites in the top eight. I never really saw anyone talk about Sites. I always really like Sites because I feel like Sites is the perfect meat shield battle master because Sites has just enough HP to be annoying to kill. And focus one means sights can be just irritating enough to take two or three swings to kill. And when you finally do it, sights turns into a utility. That is, diff- utilities are harder to get rid of than weapons and armor. Mm-hmm. So it's like sights is a perfect package. And hey, sights was was kind of everywhere on the top te- on the top tables on well, you know everywhere. Two decks in the top eight. Uh, that yeah, was cool we, to see. we better look at banning him then. The other one, the other one was Tailwind. Uh, Airstrike Patrol uh, Lord character. Tailwind for five stars, 381 in alt mode. Uh, whenever Tailwind flips a green pip, Tailwind gets plus two, plus one in any combat. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had skipped a, a track in my head when I was like fixating on powertrain. Tailwind, I totally see the value in Tailwind. Like, like Tailwind is basically, if you have a lot of green pips in your deck, that's five stars for a 5-2 uh, plane with ranged. Um, and that, that ain't bad. Or sort five two eight health plane, um, that, that just seems like a thing that is like just some some solid five star filler value that's going to mm-hmm. be able to be a bit aggro, a bit defensive. So I saw a whole bunch of uh, tailwind, a whole bunch of sights uh, that I wasn't thinking of seeing, and of course Captain Jetfire being in there. And when I feel like the Facebook conversations about Captain Jetfire had been like ah too many stars and had kind of ended there, and I was like, but no one's talking, and then, <laughs> and then seeing the power of Jetfire at the tournament, I, I built a Jetfire deck when I got home, and I, I still have to tweak it a bit, but like. Jetfire is ridiculous. Like, his abilities are, like, flip to jet mode to do a better treasure hunt, and then in bot mode, whenever he attacks or defends, you draw a card. And then if you show an upgrade, you can put it on top and then flip three cards on defense or attack before anything else. It's like, this this feels abusable, and uh, I want to mess around with that guy some more. Um the only uh, real non-showing, as far as I'm aware, was Omega Supreme, uh, three-part Omega Supreme. Uh, talked to some folks on on the Sunday night, and a lot of people were kind of like, yeah, he's like almost there, but just not there enough. And that was kind of yeah, my feeling. That's like that like B tier. A lot of a couple people, and I am kind of on this this camp. There's a chance there's an excellent Omega Supreme deck that was not discovered in time for this tournament, and a big mm-hmm. part of it is he's such a he's such a change of 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 gameplay style that a lot of folks were like, I'm just, a lot of folks like he's kind of like you know quote way more comfortable with X deck than trying to figure out Omega Supreme in a month. And right. I can I can dig that. So I'm I'm now trying to figure out Omega Supreme myself as well because I'm like I'd like to know if there's something in here. Yeah. Um, and well, it's uh, the yeah. same. It's a thing like. Like slipstream. Oh yeah, so close. Like like she's <laughs> there. She just there needs to be just a, a, a another jet that does something. She gets so many tools in every wave. Right. 
Not just for jet stuff, but also that bot mode ability. Yeah. And, like, oh. <laughs> so it, it's definitely a thing that, like, you know, especially with Energon Edition, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody cracks the, like, oh, the actual key is you pair her with a tank. That way you can you and, and just be like, well, son of a. Yeah, I just, I'm not quite sure. Because, I mean, the, the one thing about Slipstream is she's been around for so long that a lot of the brewers, if they don't have her, they've proxied her uh, right. to try out. But also, she's an easy one to give up on because it's like, it's, it's hard to rectify her two sides with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. I, like I, like I said, it's, it's going to be somebody that's not one of the top brewers and just some rando that discovers that and a better <laughs> version of Teflon at the same time or something. Now, now, now whoever figures it out is going to be like, I don't want to tell anyone because they all think I'm just some yeah. <laughs> rando something about Teflon. <laughs> Uh, but well, I don't know. I, like, I'm so happy to see that four wide Nemesis Prime deck, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just it's all these all these MicroMasters everywhere. And like, I'm I'm once again so excited about this game and all of the different ways to play it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had a lot of fun at that event, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going to the next one if I can. Um, There's also some chatter about like how they should just run it at TFCon, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing that I in a in a couple of threads where people said that I had to be like, well, like TFCon's not official, and so that gives the mothership issues. Well, and and and, some, and someone well, can't they just like, get over it? And it's like, what, I I mean, no, <laughs> no. Very specifically with Transformers, there's a very big, we'll call it gray legal. It's more like very, very, very dark slate gray. Yeah, <laughs> realm that makes it a very weird place for Hasbro to do official things. It's like two Pantone step up from black. Yeah, uh, and that's a weird thing to describe to folks who are not like super deep in the mm-hmm. toy side of things. Um, and it sucks because like it's like yeah, from afar, no, that's a completely reasonable, logical idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, TFCon is, is as far as I know, like you know, as far as I know, you just look at TFCon. TFCon is very happy where it is. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of positives that would come from pursuing being official. Uh, yeah, that would outweigh some negatives that would come with that with TFCon in its current state. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, there's going to be tournaments. I hope. I hope. I saw someone um, was on on a, a YouTube video that Powered by Primus Jamie had put up uh, was kind of saying like, even if it's not official, you should come to TFCon and help run something anyway. And he seemed pretty interested in the idea. And I'm like, yeah. Said the dude's got a good head on his shoulders, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> selfishly, yeah, more people who aren't me could run things so I can play. And yeah, <laughs> more people that aren't us could maybe have the dumb bounties on them. And oh, we're, we're never going to not have bounties on us. It's t- <sighs> yeah. too many people know. <laughs> the only thing, all I want, okay, all I want, if me and Aaron have bounties on us, right, and we get each other, let us give our bounties to someone else. Yeah, like. We don't need them. <laughs> Other than like a dumb podcast joke, we don't really need them for ourselves. So, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I did I did win against you, and so that's what's important. And that, and that means you, you might be able to, to take it to the 37th best player in the game. Yeah. Here's my one little bit of salt. Not real salt, just minor. Uh, guy who came 17th. Uh, the local Toronto player. Mm-hmm. Running a Dinobot deck that I know my Octone deck can beat. 
So I, See, number 37, I know I could have beat number 17. It's I'm all really about sure. the matchups that you had and when they happened. So. so I'm like, can I just Highlander that? Can I just Highlander me? Yeah. That, that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, man, it was cool to be at an event like that. It was cool to be at like a high-level card gaming event, let alone one for Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm also... Happy with how I played. I'm really happy that like like I think I could have taken those two matches I lost if I had been playing a little more sharply. Like I learned lessons about the deck as I went through the day. So was uh, it misplays? Do you think on your side, or I, was I it just like because it, it's still? I mean, it's still a card game, and they're still just like, hey, I just didn't get the card that would re- have resolved this issue at the right time. One of our one of the games with Galaxy Prime in round one, opponent basically said he felt like it was really good games that did come a little bit down to draws. Okay. Uh, and I know game two did kind of come down to draws. Here's the thing. You know, you sideboard in two disarms, right? Mm-hmm. You'd think at one of the five times you side in two disarms, you might draw one of them. <laughs> Never drew disarm once. Sided it in constantly. Uh, that was frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree. But no, I, I did make some misplays uh, primarily in who I attacked and who I kept focus on. Uh, that's still a thing that I'm I'm learning how to do better and more consistently. Um, okay. And there, there was some draw luck, I'm pretty sure, but I don't want to yell about that too much because that makes it sound like my opponent didn't do any work. Uh, my opponents did work. They beat me. Uh, and... My Octone deck did not, I don't feel, make it, it, I don't feel it made it easy for them to do that. Um, like I said, Lord Megatron uh, deck in round two, I would have won that 2-1 rather than lost 1-2 if I had fl- if I had done the 1-5 and five and flipped one of the orange pips uh, mm-hmm. that yeah. were left in the deck. So that one, okay, that one maybe came down to a 1-5 dice roll to a certain degree, but... Uh, I think that there were in game one, which I lost in that round. I know I, I know I definitely missed a conversion engine trigger and I might have missed a caliber's trigger as well, but I yeah. know I missed a conversion engine trigger and I didn't notice it till he already drew. And I was like, well, I can't do this now. That's, yeah. I have to, I have to eat that one. And that might have been one damage that might have changed game one. Game one wasn't the f- one flip to win it that game three was, but one damage is one damage. And that could have right. that could have changed anything. And and you know that's the rough thing is because that could have also just changed the way that like maybe he phases differently because this guy's at you know six health instead of seven because yeah. that changes the way that whatever happens you know. Yeah. yeah, and and those games also taught me a lot about like that with Octone. Even if I have a, a team where I only flip one guy. And I basically always lead with sights. Uh, mm-hmm. I have lots of decisions to still make. Where do I apply my attack pumps? Uh, do I save my hand so Octane is set for multiple attacks, for instance? Um, and also, do I get clever with Octone's bounty? Uh, which, to me, was the clever plays part of that deck where I could try to think a few turns ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then try to set it up to do double kills. And I agree with folks who say don't focus on that. Absolutely. But also always have that present in your mind as something you could be doing, especially if you draw contract contingency. Right. I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I, so I feel like there was a decent chance I could have placed top 32 if I'd played a little bit better. Uh, the no-show opponent also skews things real hard. Because yeah. I, I did sweep all my games after sealed so i feel like there's a decent chance the swiss matchup i would have had that round i probably could have taken 
Right. Uh, and I took the two Swiss matchups afterwards based on the idea that I had won that one, at least. So, But, I mean, you can... That that's the place where you can just spin into so many what ifs because it could have oh, been yeah. yeah you went against that guy and then since you had like the the points plus the win percentages that moved you two matches to the left and then you ended yeah. up playing against one of the guys that ended up in top eight and yeah. then you pull a loss and then you end up somewhere else or also what if, what if the no show guy was running octone and i would have had to deal with the mirror match that on wednesday this week when i tried it with hoopla that mirror match did not taste good yeah uh, that was a mirror match i'm glad i didn't deal with because yeah. i was not prepared for it yeah that's one of the things where you know with with my couple of rounds i sat there and you know like i said i go back and got upset at myself because there are places where i missed i know i missed a couple triggers that could have done something differently or hey yeah. maybe i should have cited in this versus that and like man you can think about that as how i might improve my play but where you have to be careful is not to say and then I, yeah and 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 take it the step beyond that because then it gets yeah. into well yeah random number generator for that very first match of the game puts you next to somebody else that you lost against if yeah. you'd random number generated against somebody else you won against you would have been in the the top half and then you would have gone up against a deck that would like so many of those well, if onlys, it's like... I, well, let's be fair, too. I had a good sealed pool as far as having three members of the same Micromaster Patrol mm-hmm. and one that synergizes with the abundance of black pips yeah. in, in that format. Uh, also, I feel some of my opponents made misplays. I didn't call them yeah. out because we're playing high stakes. But, for instance, Shockwave player who was not flipping Shockwave much, he was saving himself from one damage that he could place... He mm-hmm. was letting me keep cards that let me deal four damage through his defenses. I think he should have flipped that. In his position, I think in, if you're facing Caliburst and you're running Major Shockwave, you still should be emptying your opponent's hand. Yeah. Because the, the one, it's, it's, it becomes a, a worse decision, but you're deciding between taking one placeable ping damage and potentially your opponent like having a, like a Pierce 4 card sitting in their hand or grenade launch or something that's going to do way more than one damage. I don't know. I would have flipped that shockwave. I won because he didn't flip shockwave enough. Um, and I don't know if that's misplay, but I know that Caliburst caused that to some degree. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it, it taught me uh, that next time I run shockwave, do not be shy just because of Caliburst. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kill Caliburst <laughs> and proceed from there. Uh, but yeah, oh, I have some, man, I keep having more and more to say about this thing. I just am so happy that I had such a good experience at my first very big, like, TCG tournament whatsoever, let alone one for, like, you know, my, my robot boys and girls and et ceteras. Like, mm-hmm. this was, this was a really good time. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it and I hope that it is better, uh, and improved the next time I go based on constructive crits, uh. I hope that we don't have to do paperwork in the middle of gameplay momentum. Um, it would be cool if Sealed was maybe on a separate day, if possible. Uh, and I'm going to say it, I could deal with a 9-hour day, I think, and I could deal with this 12-14-hour to 14 hour day. I think there is a big difference between 9 hours and 12-14 to 14 hours. Yeah. I'm going to say there's even, there's a big difference between 9 hours and 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh 
And I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say I'd be way more down for nine hours at a time than 12 hours, for example. Uh, and just because a big magic tournament does it, that's great. Doesn't mean, or just because a lot of other card game tournaments do it that way, doesn't mean we can't try to see if maybe there is a way ours can take slightly less time, uh, especially since ours is inherently a lot more fast paced, um, just by nature of how it's, how it's structured. Um, so, you know, that would be cool. Uh, I, I'm, I would say that I, I would join the chorus of people next to Energon Invitational, unless like they say something really loudly. Definitely. I would tell people, Hey, be prepared for a 12 hour day on the main day of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, and I think there is a way to say that where you can also say, it will be rough, and it that's unfortunate, and right now that seems to come with the territory of this scenario. Leave constructive feedback and see if you know, that can change, but go in expecting to have to deal with this. Uh, just as a, as a courtesy to you as a fellow player, I would say be prepared for this. Um, and yeah, and I hope everyone says cool next time. I just, I love how cool everyone was. <laughs> You know, you hear you hear stories about about other games and other other you know big tournaments. You see footage of you know the dude who was just just straight up cheating at that one KeyForge tournament, uh, just like like straight up like barely shuffling a graveyard into a deck. There like there was this dude who got, the guy who got banned at KeyForge. From what I understand, from what I saw in the video that I recall, maybe I'm a bit wrong. In KeyForge, you recycle your discard pile as well, right? Uh, and he basically picked up his discard pile, flipped it over, and then that was his deck. <laughs> and that was one of many things he got called on when he finally received the ban that I'm aware of, um, was stuff like that. And so, like, imagine this game. If you just picked up your scrap pile that you'd been messing with. You're like, okay, pff, that's my deck. Don't cut it. <laughs> you just start to draw from it. Uh, you know, there was none of that kind of shenanigans uh, that I'm aware of. And so we have a good community. Uh, Aaron, I think that's all we got. Yeah. So thank you for joining me to help me debrief this. It did help a ton. Uh, I think if I tried to do this by myself, I would have forgotten to say about 500 things. I'm glad Um, I could be here to keep you on task like normal. Well, as I said, this was uh, the Energon Invitational Recollections of one host, Vangelis, comma, with the assistance of the gentleman Aaron Smith, parentheses, non-attending. You you haven't ended the parentheses on any of those yet, so... This whole well, thing was a parenthetical discussion anyway. When I say parentheses, I, I don't really say the end parentheses because, you know, it's just the culture in my country. Um, mm-hmm. But you can imagine that they're there. Uh, you'll see it in the title. You'll see it in the title. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk to you later. Uh, thank you for checking this out. If you're over on YouTube, we got a whole playlist of TCG stuff. If you're not on YouTube, uh, you can look at the tag uh, for, tr- for tr- the trading card game on the WTF.TFW2005 site listings. Uh, or you can also pop over to YouTube and just play them there because people play audio on YouTube all the time. And it very minorly, marginally helps your editor more if you watch it there. Extremely minorly, but it does help. Uh, so if you, if you want to click them on over there, then please do. Sometimes there's graphic stuff. Probably not on this one. But sometimes there's graphic stuff. And that can be fun. I don't know. And, and graphic stuff. And graphics stuff. Uh, and yeah, next next thing to think about. I, I was going to say, next big tournament to build up to is the Vegas tournament. That was today, turns out. Oh. <laughs> Some people went straight from PAX Unplugged <sighs> to this Vegas tournament that happened like today. <laughs> Uh, that's the grind yeah I saw I recognized from the top 8 Kevin Allen and Blaine Blaine running the uh, the Daring Escape deck and I was like 
yo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but for us, I think the next one will be if I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to, I'll say it right now, right here at the end of a big, long, like, ancillary podcast. I don't think I'm going to make it to TFCon Orlando, but I hope there is TF or, uh, TCG stuff there for folks who do. Um, and for me, the next big one to think about is going to be TFCon Toronto. Uh, yeah. where I, I hope we can do some fun stuff. Same here. Toronto's the one I'm looking at. Orlando, I, I'd like to, but I've been, and and abstaining from these, I've been able to sock away some, some, some good finances in order to be able to like pay off debt from all the other dumb conventions I've gone to. So like maybe for me, it's if we if we are gonna have a spring and a fall USTF con, I'd rather travel in the fall. Mm-hmm. So we'll see this year. If I'm wrong and there's no fall TFCon USA, then a I missed a TFCon USA. But if if it is going to be two this year, I would rather hold out to see about the fall one myself because that just suits me better. I, I prefer traveling in the fall than the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as as a climate thing, I'm happier traveling around during the fall. I like I like cooler weather. Um, but yeah, if you're going to Orlando and uh, you haven't heard about any TCG stuff, poke them. And tell them you want to do something there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, for Toronto, hopefully get something. And then for whatever else comes, hopefully get something. I just want to do more TCGing. I want to record more TCG media. And maybe we will. We'll see. But in the meantime, thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you later. Don't forget that end of turn trigger. Because you, you might be able to play EMP field uh, or EMP wave at the end of your turn. And that's after the untap phase. And that's a thing that happened at the Energon Invitational. And that's brutal. I kind of like it. Add all that up. I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.